This is Fake Plastic Podcast, a podcast that unlocks the alchemy of Radiohead, one song, music video, or live performance at a time. My name is Savannah Wright. From the beginning, Radiohead kept their focus on the future. When critics heralded OK Computer as the savior of rock, Radiohead renounced the genre and turned to the electronic sounds of Kid A. When the band perfected a hybrid acoustic sound and in rainbows, they pivoted next to the digital loops and polyrhythms of the King of Limbs. Every record was an opportunity to experiment and to reinvent themselves. So when fans heard the reflective tone of Radiohead's ninth studio album, several wondered if it was their last. Instead of heralding the band's next move, the record offered a thoughtful rumination on their 24 years together, a bookend to their story. In a thread about this subject on the Radiohead subreddit, a user called Sunpen asserts that a moon-shaped pool reflects the span of Radiohead's entire career because it contains sonic and lyrical references to virtually all their albums, even as far back as Pablo Honey. Assembled together, these references form the arc of someone's life or career. Then there's the album title and artwork of a moon-shaped pool. Quote, a crescent moon is an arc, a pool of memories. Close quote. And if you look at something like Daydreaming, it definitely seems to support that theory. Mm-hmm. And also having seen them on that tour, I saw them at Madison Square Garden last year, and you did get that feeling like of this kind of retrospective vibe uh, that was really interesting. Is you know I feel like Radio has always has always been a band that has had a prickly relationship with their own past, mm. um, and I feel like that goes back to you know not playing Creep uh, after that became a hit for a while, and then. You know, just how the fact that the their albums are something like Kid A are just so different than from what came before that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they more than most bands they have a tendency to kind of destroy uh, rather than you know destroy themselves rather than just like repeating what they've done before. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Moonshade Pool was a great way to kind of have it both ways, and I feel like the Daydream video does that as well in that it has all these references to, you know, things they've done in the past, but it also feels new, um, and it still feels powerful. It doesn't just feel like an act of nostalgia. This is Ryan Domball, senior editor at Pitchfork. A few years ago, he wrote a piece called This Is What You Get, an oral history of Radiohead's Karma Police. So he is no stranger to analyzing and discussing Radiohead's music videos. Ryan discovered Radiohead through alternative radio around the time of their second album, The Benz. He said he liked how their music was a little weirder than the other bands on those stations, like Stone Temple Pilots or Pearl Jam. But when OK Computer came out, he wondered if Radiohead had become too weird. I was like, this isn't this isn't music. Um, <laughs> and, you know, but eventually I came around on it. And, you know, now at this point, it's, you know, one of my favorite albums. And, you know, little did I know how much weirder things were going to get. Um, But yeah, for me, for me, Radiohead really is that band that I can point to, the one band that really opened my ears in a lot of ways, like away from the radio um, and into things that were a bit odder, things that might have been like a bit more cerebral, just like moving beyond pop, Mm -hmm. um, which I, you know, still, I really enjoy pop too. 
but just to hint at this idea that there's all this other all these other sorts of music out there yeah um is, is really powerful and i feel like you know they were that band for a lot of people and including me in this episode we'll explore a moon-shaped pool's reckoning with the past through the daydreaming music video although this video spawned numerous fan theories We'll condense these ideas into three distinct lenses of interpretation. We'll discuss why this open-endedness is one of the video's greatest strengths, and what it reveals about Radiohead's attitude towards their fans. The Daydreaming music video premiered on May 6, 2016, two days before Radiohead released A Moon-Shaped Pool. Directed by Academy Award nominee Paul Thomas Anderson, the video follows Tom York as he walks through a series of doors that lead into various locations. A hospital, a home, a laundromat, a parking garage. It's this kind of simple but effective uh, special effect, I guess, where, you know, he's walking he's walking through a door in one kind of area, whether it's, you know, just the hallway or a car garage, and then he opens the door and it cuts to an entirely different scene. Mm-hmm. Just a matter of editing, but it feels like a special effect. I don't know. To me, it's more. It captures more imagination, just like that one bit of editing, than a lot of the you know biggest like CGI and whatever special yeah. effects that you see in a film. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, at its core, it's a very simple idea. But where it gets interesting is just the intricacies in each shot, which seemingly are many. <laughs> All of these seemingly unrelated locations are tied together through Tom's movement. Rather than wander casually through each scene, he walks purposely forward. He avoids the exit signs. He doesn't turn back. At the end of the video, he scales an icy mountain, crawls into a cave, and collapses, exhausted, next to a small campfire. Um, And then you mentioned Paul Thomas Anderson directing it. Are you familiar with his work? Yeah. Yeah, I've been a fan of his... uh... For a long time, it's funny, I feel like I became a fan of his around the same time that I became a Radiohead fan. I feel like they've had similar, you know, timelines um, Mm -hmm. as far as their careers. But that said, if you told me in the 90s that, you know, the guy who directed Boogie Nights would would be like Radiohead's go-to video director, I I probably wouldn't have believed you. You know, it seemed to seem like a stretch at that time, but... I feel like they've done a lot of good work together recently. Yeah, yeah. So because you are familiar with his work, do you did you notice any parallels between the themes of this mu- music video and those of Anderson's films? Huh, that's a good question. I feel like maybe more stylistically yeah. um, in that, you know, he's pretty famous for doing those tracking shots where it's just kind of, one, you know, it's like one long scene. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously there's cuts in this, in this music video, but it is kind of the way it's presented does make it seem continuous. Um, the way he's like walking through the doors, it makes it seem like it's just one walk, really, like, mm-hmm. like one stroll. Um, as far as like his themes in his movies, honestly, I haven't really thought about that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of themes between the relationship between someone's art and love, uh, mm-hmm. like romantic love and how those things kind of don't mix sometimes. Uh, you know, the idea of like a tortured genius, um, yeah. you, know, you could say, uh, you know, from there will be blood, like somebody like that. 
character who's really hell-bent on, on doing one thing. Or, you know, in Magnolia, there's a lot of different characters. That, you know, there's a lot of different scenes and, and uh, scenarios that are kind of spliced together. Mm-hmm. Which it has a little, bit of, a little bit of a similar feel with this video, uh, mm-hmm. with the different you know, locations that he's walking through. Considering the influence of the director is just one of several lenses we can use to understand this video. But after looking through the Radiohead subreddit and watching a Vimeo film called The Secrets of Daydreaming, there seem to be three major lenses through which fans interpret this video. The first is an environmental lens that suggests daydreaming is about the catastrophic effects of climate change. The second lens suggests that daydreaming is a walk through Radiohead's past because it contains multiple visual references to the band's other videos and album artwork. And the third, more personal lens argues that daydreaming is a comment on Tom's split with his longtime partner, Rachel Owen. We'll start with the simplest of the three, the environmental lens. To make a case for this interpretation, Reddit user Rabbit with Headlights brought up the following evidence. In the lyrics, Tom sings, they never learn beyond the point of no return. It's too late, the damage is done. He ascends in several scenes, which may refer to rising sea levels. At the end of the video, he escapes to a mountain to begin the next ice age, as prophesied by Idiotech. And throughout the entire video, Tom walks through 23 doors. And that the 23 doors could be a connection to the 2.3 meter sea level increase per degree Celsius, which I thought was pretty intense. (laughs) Yeah, wow. Um, Um, Do you agree (laughs) with with any of that? um, Well, to be honest, I feel like that is the worst one. Yeah. That's the worst interpretation. Um, It's a stretch to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, there's some, I mean, obviously Tom York has been involved in that sort of thing for a long time, but at the same time, for his, you know, it, he is like such an interesting contradiction, and I feel like he represents a lot of us, or people can relate to this idea of, you know, you want to save the planet, um, you want to help the environment, but at the end of the day, you're all, you also know that it won't happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's too, like, defeatist but that does seem to be his general perspective um you know you want to do these good things and you want people to understand but at the same time you also like are aware of human nature Mm -hmm. and you know you understand that that it's it is at its core kind of destructive too um but anyway for this particular video like i don't uh, i'm not that into that theory myself yeah, I agree. I mean, I think when you consider, like you said, Radiohead stands on climate change in the past, you you could say that, but I don't think that's the message here because there are too many other yeah. messages that we want to unpack. So let's do that. Let's uh, go on to the, the theory that this is a, a peek into Radiohead's history. So right. firstly, you did an oral history of Karma Police for Pitchfork back in 2017. Do you see any motifs here from that particular music video? Yeah, um... A little bit. I was thinking about their videos in general, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like the there's a similarity in that they're both like extremely open ended. Yeah. Um, in that you can really glean whatever a lot of different interpretations. You know, Radiohead is really good at that in in general. I feel like at first maybe they kind of fell into that idea there because you know some of the vagueness of his lyrics 
or just his delivery in that you can't fully under he doesn't articulate like his words um mm-hmm. yeah. like play, like at, at first it's just like that's how he did it that's just how he naturally you know wrote and sang but i feel like at some point they realize that that is they can use that to their advantage in some way mm-hmm. um you know to make it something that's more intriguing which i think a lot of the best art you know does it's, you know it has this ambiguity it's not it's not preaching it's not telling you what to think and that's partly why i'm a little bit skeptical of the climate change thing just because it feels a little bit kind of i don't know like soapboxy yeah um but well for Carlos police you know it's, it's it's interesting because it's you know there's this villain and it's this morality tale mm-hmm. of like David and Goliath, um, you know, of this guy who's being chased by or being run down by a car. And then at the end, he kind of lights the car on fire. Could, you know, you could really do any interpretation that you want. Um, yeah. Which, and you know, a lot of it is just boils down to the cinematography and just how it looks. You know, it just looks really cool. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, you know, that's what uh, kind of puts it over the top and makes it meaningful. And, you know, to an extent, you could say the same thing about this video because there's a fine line between something that's abstract but intriguing and, like, abstract and boring or just distancing or there's, there's like, nothing to hang on to. So it's just, like, this kind of blob. Hmm. And they both have pretty decent acting performances by Tom York, who is not, you know, not known for his acting. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching that the, the daydream video. It's funny, like I, just, I know, they'll probably never really talk about this video. We actually tried to do an interview with anybody really who was involved in it, mm-hmm. um, but they they weren't. No one wanted to talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, because in certain scenes he has like kind of a little smirk, and then in certain scenes he looks very serious. I just wonder, like, what is the what was the direction there? Like, what, you know, it's like you feel like these things have meaning. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe nobody will ever know, but that's kind of you know that's part of the the beauty of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's interesting you mentioned the facial expressions because some of the fans have read into those too, thinking like, oh, they parallel this facial expression in uh, oh, sure, yeah. fake plastic trees and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, let, let's keep going. What other images or sets in daydreaming did did you think allude to Radiohead's discography? Well, one that I thought of was. In there's one moment where he's singing about, you know, this goes beyond me uh, and this goes beyond you. And like when I saw them live, that was pretty clearly like a message, at least in concert, like to the fans, um, which I thought was 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 heartwarming, mm-hmm. um, kind of like as a tribute to the fans. And yeah. in the video, when he sings those lines, he's in a elevator, and. Now I feel like I'm like getting into that crackpot uh, theory territory, but he's <laughs> in the elevator, it. and it did re- and it did remind me of the song "Lift," which is kind of like a fan favorite that was never properly released in- until very recently. And you know, like something like that is like, was that purposeful? It's hard to say, um, but to me, is you know, someone who's a, who's been a fan and knows these intricacies, it you know, something that popped into my head, and you know, that's really all that matters. Like, whether they actually meant it or not is kind of inconsequential. Um, yeah. Because, you know, a lot of it is about your own relationship to the music and the history of the band. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, to me, that's really the powerful part about 
the videos, you know, the theories are definitely interesting, and I've read a lot of Reddit threads about them, mm-hmm. but um, just the fact that they made this this video that is opens itself to all those interpretations, you know, like, has the possibility to be interpreted, like, you know, like, they put all these details in, maybe not every single one is, like, totally purposeful, but mm-hmm. um, that's what is so masterful to me, that it allows itself to be interpreted in all these different ways. Um, and I feel like they've gotten so good at that. Like, we did another article a couple years ago. This writer, uh, Jeremy Gordon, wrote an article for us called Internet Explorers that was kind of about Radiohead's history with the Internet and, like, Radiohead fans across the age and how they've changed and how they, you know, used to be on message boards, and, like, on fan sites and how they're on Reddit. And one of the points that was really good from that piece was uh, an early Radiohead's website was just basically blank. Like, it just said, like, this is Radiohead's website Mm -hmm. from the 90s. And just that idea of, you know, simplicity, blankness, um, that, you know, fans can kind of project their own theories onto is very powerful. And I feel like they are real masters of it. And for this video, when they are, you know, I think it's pretty hard to deny that, you know, there's definitely some purpose to these references, like these visual references um, that remind you of, you know, the Kid A cover or other videos that they've done. Mm -hmm. Um, To do that, but in like this classy way, that's not just like super obvious, like, oh, here's like, you know, the co- literally the cover of Kid A, like we're just putting it in the video yeah. um, to do it to do it in this artful way. It's hard. Like I just I can't think of a lot of other artists that could pull something like that off. And yeah, that to me is really the most the the best thing about the video. Yeah, that's really true that they do it so subtly. But so it's it makes you question: Did they really intend that, or I know. like are we just projecting? But I do like the idea that the fans can can make of it what they want. And I am gonna touch on that one last time uh when we conclude but i just wanted to ask do you feel that this um this interpretation of the video as reflecting our radio's history do you think it's strong or do you think there are some weaknesses to it um no i think that's pretty that seems pretty solid especially like looking if you really do delve into some of the reddit you know the kind of side-to-side references of uh, you know, the various visuals across their career, like the very beginning kind of looks like the beginning of the OK Computer album cover. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just too many that it's not purposeful. <laughs> yeah. Me, at, le- at least. Um, and, but, you know, it's, but it's cool because they're not exact, like, they're not exact replicas. They're just, like, nodding to it. Mm-hmm. Um, which it's almost like this subliminal thing. You know, like, when I watched, first watched the video, I honestly didn't really catch any of those. Yeah, <laughs> any same. Of those <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, you know, I had to watch it like four or five times and I was like, oh, wow. You know, and then I would start reading articles of that and like kind of delving into that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. So just that act of discovery is, you know, it's fun. Um, it's like a little bit of a treasure hunt, mm-hmm. um, which, is always, which is always exciting. And then it just has this kind of additional power because, and then you think back to when you first heard Kid A, and you know, like, like I remember I bought Kid A. Like, the, they, this is a time when there were still CDs. <laughs> like, people would still yeah. bought CDs. Um, you know, it was like a midnight sale, like in the town where I went to college, and it was me and 
eight other nerds like lining up for this album. <laughs> <laughs> album. Um, and it's just, you know, you, it's, this video does such a great job of kind of exploiting that relationship that fans have with the band. Exploiting is kind of like, I don't know, that has a negative connotation, but just taking advantage of that relationship, I guess, mm-hmm. um, in this way that, that gives you these little, you know, leads you to these little memories that you have. Where it's kind of like actual memory, too, where, right, because it's like, you know, it's not like everything you've ever experienced you have a video of, or, you know, like a clear photo. It's like, you know, years go by and things turn in a bit hazy. And, you know, they blur and I feel like they blur together. And I feel like that's what, you know, you could argue like this, that's what the video is too. It's like one door leads to another. And next thing you know, curled up inside of a uh, cave dying. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. In a nutshell, there it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I, I, again, like what you're saying about um, how, how it's a tribute to the fans and those memories. The Third Lens is personal to Tom, as it grapples with his split from his partner of 23 years, Dr. Rachel Owen. In August of 2015, Owen and York announced their separation in a statement. Quote, After 23 highly creative and happy years, for various reasons we have gone our separate ways. It's perfectly amicable and has been common knowledge for some time. When A Moonshaped Pool was released less than a year later, fans attributed its themes of grief and lost love to their separation. So naturally, the daydreaming video played into these themes. This fan theory focuses on Tom's outfit, which was designed by Rick Owens, a name similar to Tom's partner, when the video was released, Mother's Day weekend, the fact that mothers, children, and domestic scenes appear frequently in Tom's walk, and the 23 doors Tom walks through, representing their 23 years together. That that reading seems pretty strong to me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I do do personally like the idea of it kind of going through their own their history of the band yeah just because just because of Radiohead they're not you know they've never been in a band that's like a tabloid band that you know you know everything about who they're dating who they're married to like yeah. whatever their kid you know it's not like they're in People Magazine like showing their kids off mm-hmm. but you know at the same time they obviously have lives and tragedies and triumphs like uh, and that obviously informs their music as well but it's never been uh, paramount to the music. You know, it's like Tom York's not writing story songs like based on his based on his own life that are like very clearly legible. Yeah. So, so yeah, I feel like you know I'm sure that is involved. Um, and you know, the fact that his partner did pass away, I think a few months after this video came out, mm-hmm. um, and I believe she had cancer. Is that right? You yeah. Know? So, you know, something kind of cataclysmic like that happens in your life. It does cause you to reflect. I feel like that's probably part of what the album is about as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, and they they had separated uh, around the time of the album. So, yeah, I, you know, I think that does tie into the kind of idea of looking back at, you know, what you've done, maybe what you've wanted to do differently. But that did strike me in that a lot of the scenes in the video are of, you know, domestic tasks or whether it's kids in the living room or, you know, like at, at the dry cleaner mm-hmm. or the, at the laundromat um, or in a kitchen. And it did seem like that maybe he's talking about or just kind of talking about moments in his kid's life or his partner's life that he wasn't 
there for. You know, like he was, yeah. he was on tour. He was like recording because that's the thing. Like in the video, no one actually reacts to his presence. Mm-hmm. So he's there, but he's not there. Um, yeah. which, you know, I think is I feel like that has something to do with it as well. And you know, and you know that ties in with the idea of the history of the band because you're, you're this person on stage. You're Tom York, the rock star. Um, even though you know he's not like the Motley Crue rock star, but he's still like a version of a rock star. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, but at the end of the day, he's tour ends and he's in a house and you know doing house things uh mm-hmm. so yeah i feel like there's inevitably going to be some, some friction there between those two things yeah and then with this video it, it almost feels like he's kind of longing for to have those moments that he maybe had missed along the way yeah no i like that synthesis of radiohead history and his history with his wife and his family um, because it kind of ties into the end where he says this phrase in reverse and there's kind of some arguments about what it is. But a lot of people seem to agree that it's half of my love, half of my life. So his time with Rachel was his time in Radiohead. They're inseparable. If you watch the Secrets of Daydreaming video by Rishi Conaria, he shows how reversing the entire video provides a more hopeful message for Tom. In that version... Tom descends from the mountain, finds all the exits, and disappears into a white light at the end, suggesting that hindsight might have allowed him to make the best decisions. For casual listeners, these theories may seem like a stretch, overcomplicating what would otherwise be a simple video. But I believe Radiohead crafted daydreaming with their fans in mind. Fans who pour over every lyric, read every interview, and listen to every demo to better understand the band's work. So this is maybe a personal question, but I've, I had a very visceral reaction to this video once I really understood it better. How did this music right. video make you feel as a fan of Radiohead? Um, it made me feel kind of sad, but in a, not in a like depressing way, more of just like, I'm getting old. <laughs> um, personally, because it sim- it's similar to, you know, I was talking about that concert that I went that I went to, and it was just like such a joy to see that because you know they seem like they're they're having a great time playing these old songs, which you know hasn't always been the case like with this band, and people were you know very into it. And, you know, they played the new songs too, and like those sounded great also. Um, so it wasn't just like you're seeing this greatest hits thing. Yeah. But even for some of the most ecstatic moments uh, in the concert, you know, I mean, I mean, honestly, I kind of, you know, like teared up a little bit, like not even, it wasn't even a sad song. Like it was like, uh, (laughs) like as you could argue already, (laughs) songs are kind of sad. Yeah, I'm like, which one was it? (laughs) Um, I think they might have done like My Iron Lung or something. Okay. Uh, And, you know, it was pretty like upbeat like rock song like mm-hmm. an old one and it just like honestly like just kind of brought me back to the other times that i've seen them play that like i remember i went to i flew to england to go like there they did this festival like in oxford in the early i forget exactly when it was but it's like early 2000s i've obviously listened to their music throughout my entire life and that's something that you can't replicate 
that experience or just like being there through somebody's life. Yeah. And it, and they've been that band for so many people. And I feel like with a lot of times bands, when they get to the, the age of where Radiohead is, it's more of just, uh, we're going to play these songs that you like as a teenager. So you kind of remember what it was like to be a teenager. And then like you buy your whatever, $15 beer and leave. <laughs> you know, for them, it's not that easy. Uh, it's more complicated. It's richer because there's, you know, there's more joy to it. Like to me, that kind of more greatest hits thing might be kind of enjoyable in the moment, but it's like leaves this like pretty bad aftertaste hmm. in that these people like haven't been able to think of anything new in a long <laughs> time. And then you, you project yourself onto that and you're like, oh, like, will I be able to think of something new? You know, I don't know, like, <laughs> if you're a creative person or whatever, like whatever you do, you want to be moving forward in some respect. You know, with Radiohead, it's like we have these great moments in the past and then we're still doing it now we can do both like at the same time and that is is like very hopeful to me like for a band that's known you know kind of caricatured as being this like depressing dour you know british rock band Mm -hmm. that that concert and this video too there's like a real hope to it in that people can uh, live with their past and not be not have it dictate to them, um, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. But it's a really nice, you know, to me the video is like it's a really nice tribute to everybody who stuck with them while offering, you know, something that feels new and makes you want to stick with them for another 25 years or whatever. Yeah, it it is it does take you down memory lane. And to consider uh, Radiohead's history, but also... I guess the band as humans with their own personal lives, it 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 made me feel a little bit guilty that they maybe missed out on some of that stuff for the band, right. but also appreciative yeah. because that music helped me through so many other things. So it was kind of this uh, tenuous relationship to this music video for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's interesting to me that it made you feel guilty. Um, I didn't quite think of it that way because, well, one thing is, and, and that makes a lot of sense, but because what you're saying about the exit signs, mm-hmm. um, to me, like those kind of represent. At any point, I feel like the band could have broken up. I feel like they've been there have been rumors of them breaking up for a long time. Yeah. Um, and you know they never did that. And and there's another detail where it's like in the video he's always ascending, uh, mm-hmm. like. A, you get the you get the sense that he's either like walking upstairs or like walking up the mountain, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's also kind of parallels you know their career in some ways. Yeah, uh, where it's like and you know music careers where you're like you're just kind of going for the next you know you want you want to go platinum and then you want a Grammy and then you want to headline Coachella and it's like all these different plateaus or you know all these different things to achieve, yeah. but they have this perspective where they've done it all like they you know they've i don't know what else they could do as a band in fact i cuz did you see that they're going to be nominated for like the rock and roll hall of fame this year or yeah. like they're going to be inducted mm-hmm. um i saw we did a news story about how their reactions to it or like whether they were going to go or not <laughs> and like almost every member basically said 
like, I'm not, I don't want to go. Like, why would I go to that? So, you know, this thing that most, you know, 95% of rock bands would be thrilled to be involved in. Um, they don't really care, which, which, yeah, makes sense. It's like, what, I mean, why they don't, uh, I don't feel like they need somebody to tell them that they are good enough (laughs) at this point. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. I don't think they've cared that much about critics but I do feel like they have had a devotion to their fans and they have what they want and they have a very dedicated fan base and I think that's mm-hmm. what this uh, this music video also encapsulated for me is that they were giving just as you were saying like they were giving them something ambiguous that they could pick apart and really analyze and and that's right. what they wanted to do right and Radiohead fans love to pick apart and analyze things because it's cerebral music yeah. they like to be challenged um, right is there, is there anything else that you want to add about, I guess, the relationship between this uh, Radiohead and their fans and what this music video says about it? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's just really, it's a show of, like, mutual respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that really comes through just in the, you know, the production value of the video. I feel like a lot of bands nowadays, even bands that are, you know, I like or artists that I like, you know, like somebody like Apex Twin, he does a lot of mysterious quote unquote stuff like online, uh, you know, to rile up like his devoted fans. But, you know, with some of that, you know, like dropping a clue, like in a message board and, uh, leads to something else. Like it feels like this is always like a contrived puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just, it's not emotional. Like it doesn't move me. It's just like, you know, a video game or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to take that idea, that kind of puzzle idea, and actually make something that is, you know, really enjoyable, and you can have these, like, rich emotions with it, and you're never going to get the answer, like, there's no ending to, you know, no one will ever solve it, like, you know, fully, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's more, that's just more exciting, like, for me, and and I do feel like that shows, like, a respect that radio that shows. I was giving to their fans that they will spend the time to, you know, pour over this video, but at the same time, they're not going to, not, it doesn't feel like a game as much as it feels like almost a gift or something. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's because if it were a game, it would have a concrete answer. And as you were saying earlier, this video has so much ambiguity. So it's, it's more of a gift in that way. Um, before we end, I just wanted to share my favorite satirical interpretation of this music video that I found while looking around on Reddit. Um, it's from Reddit user, Sam Louis. He or she says in morning bell, Tom asked someone where they parked the car in daydreaming. He's still looking for it. (laughs) Coming up with this. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yes, that could be that could be it. That could be it, the entire meaning of the video, um, which would be a, which would be a nice prank as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. I mean, I love I love reading about stuff like that and going through yeah the Reddit thread for things like this. It's just fun. It just you know it allows people like to show their own creativity. You know, by making these connections, you know, it turns everybody into a critic in a way. Finding ourselves at the end of the story, we return to the beginning, to a moon-shaped pool. The Reddit user I quoted earlier, Sunpen, suggested that the record reflects the arc of Radiohead's career. 
That statement is literally true, with tracks years in the making like Burn the Witch from the Kid A Sessions or True Love Waits from as early as 1995. But in a moon-shaped pool, Radiohead doesn't simply recapitulate the past. They learn from it. They mature. You know, this idea of OK Computer, how you know, Radiohead was pretty brash as far as being against conformity. Uh, you know, you think of a song like Fitter Happier or No Surprises, where it's like, you know, kind of damning this idea of just like living in a suburban house and having kids. And, you know, this is like the death of society sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with a video like this, and I feel like a moonshade pool in general, um, it's just much more zen outlook on things, just like a much more mature outlook where it's like people are doing this kind of to get by, like it's not evil. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not evil to, to, you know, to do these mundane things like wash your clothes. It actually can be kind of therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like to think that that's a little bit of what I got of it too. Someone else who's like grown up, with the band, um, you know, who's gotten older, uh, it's, you know, it's just one of those things that you kind of, you do come to terms with to a degree, you know, not to say that everyone needs to conform to this, whatever, like, idea of Western society or whatever society you live in, mm-hmm. but I think it does open you up to different perspectives, and, and even Radiohead uh, soften up a bit, so. Reflecting on that evolution, I think about how those years transformed me like they transformed the band. I think about what has changed since my sister slid the bends into the CD player of our old minivan and I heard Planet Telex for the first time. Since I loaded OK Computer onto my iPod Nano or downloaded The King of Limbs to review it for the high school paper. It's a peculiar feeling to realize that as Radiohead grew up, so did we. You've been listening to Fake Plastic Podcast. Fake Plastic Podcast is an alternate Thursdays production with new episodes every other Wednesday. Share your thoughts with us on Instagram or Twitter at Fake Plastic Pod. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you really liked this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends, Radiohead fans or otherwise. It helps more people discover the show. I'm Savannah Wright. Thanks for listening.